Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Y'all ready for the word this morning? Come on, somebody say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I am so ready. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. So ready. Nudge your neighbor, tell him, say, I'm ready. I'm all about it because God is good. He is here and he's got a word for me. Yes, he does. So we are in the middle of this collection of talks around the subject, This Is Us. And we've been dealing with relationships. Everybody say relationships. How many know relationships can get messy? Okay. Um, I don't know what side of the planet y'all been living on, but how many knows that relationships can get messy? They can get sticky, icky, gooey, right? Why? Because we're human. God put within every one of us a will. You can have it your way or you can do it his way. And when you try to do it your way, it gets icky, yucky, sticky, gross. And the church said, oh me. Absolutely. So we've been talking about relationships, and if you missed any part of these, uh, I encourage you to go back to podcasts and um, and check these out. I know part one and part two are there. Uh, we'll see about part three. But part one, we got real raw and honest right off the bat by establishing the fact that, yes, we need Jesus. Everybody in the room, that's why you're here. I need Jesus to come and be a part of my life. I need him to be a part of my marriage, my home, my attitude, my mistake. I need, I need Jesus. Everybody say, I need Jesus. Yeah, 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 we do. And, and then we, we, we went a little bit further where God emphasized through his word that not only do we need him, but we need each other. Because we went all the way back to the beginning where, 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 where man, when God made Adam, before he made Eve, when God made Adam, Adam had everything that he could have ever wanted right in front of him. He had it all. And God said, it is good. But then he noticed after a period of time that Adam was alone and he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so, therefore, it is important that we understand, yes, we need God, and yes, we need Jesus. And if you're here this morning, and you're, you're of the belief of, it's just me and God, brother, and it's, it's just my relationship with Him. Yes, it is. But He also established the facts in His Word that we need each other. Amen? I need you, and you need me. And the church said, let it be. Amen. Amen. So that was part one. Last week was part two. And we continue to be real, raw, and honest about our relationships. And because relationships uh, are real hard. Relationships take a lot of work. Relationships take great effort. But today we're going to talk candidly about a subject that is typically taboo for some people. And today we're going to talk about forgiveness and how implementing forgiveness into our relationships will change the game. If you're taking notes, and I know that's everybody in here, haha, write that down. Forgiveness will change the game in my relationships. Forgiveness will change the game in my relationships. Say these two words with me. Say offense. Forgiveness. <laughs> See, I told you it's a little taboo because a lot of people are like, well, when you start messing with what's been done to me and you don't know, Pastor, so let's don't talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. 
But I'm just telling you, there is a biblical way to handle hurt. There's a biblical way to handle betrayal. And we're going to study that today. And I'm believing that when we walk out of here today, there's going to be, this word is going to so change your life. And it is going to, to, to develop more your relationship with others. Amen. If you brought your Bibles, let's go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. If you're visiting with us today, no, Pastor B does not so normally sound like Darth Vader uh, or Barry White. Okay. Um, I am getting over this. Uh, some of y'all that laugh real loud. You just aged yourself right there. Barry White. Like, who is that? The young people are like, who's Barry White? Well, he sounds a lot like Pastor B today. Um, and so whatever is blooming, I'm hoping that it's on the downward slide because this, this, this sinus infection has... Um, ooh, it has done me in, but we are, <coughs> but we are pressing through Luke chapter 17, verse one. I'm going to read this particular verse from the new King James version. And it says this, then he, who's that Jesus said to his disciples, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. It is impossible that no offenses should come. <laughs> he said, it is impossible for you not to be offended. Basically, what he was saying is, in this life, you're going to be offended. And people are going to be offensive. So guess what? Prepare for it to happen. Okay? Some of like, I don't even know I like this message. No, because every one of us in this room have been offended, hurt, betrayed at some level. Every one of us. Anybody, anybody not been offended in here? <laughs> Anybody not not been offended? Yeah, it's every one of us. So what do we do? How do we manage through betrayal and hurt? Listen, it doesn't matter how much faith you have. It doesn't matter how isolated you try to live your life. Offense is going to happen. As long as you have interaction with people, somebody is going to hurt your pride. Somebody's going to hurt your feelings. Somebody's going to hurt your opinion of how you want things to be. Hello. It happens outside the church, and it even happens, praise God, it happens inside the church. Somebody say, why are you saying praise God about it? Because I need God to come in and manage that too. Amen? <laughs> See, he's not just trying to divide your house at your home. He's trying to divide this house and this home and this family. Hello? Come on. Everything's cool. I'm just letting you, like, well, is there something going on? No, 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 there's not. But I want you to recognize the attack of the enemy before it comes. Because he is trying to destroy the church. And that's why we, that's why, and guess what? The easiest way to destroy the church, because you and I are the church, is to get you upset with your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, that you get so offended that you don't come to church. And when you're not here and you're missing, something's missing from the church. Okay, so you need to understand the easiest way for the enemy to divide the church, which, by the way, the church can't be destroyed. But the easiest way for him to cause division in the church is for him to mess with you outside the church. I feel the presence of the Lord in here today. Listen, he actually told these boys that it's going to be impossible. Let's say that word again, impossible impossible to avoid an offense and then he goes on and tells them in verse 4 he says and if everybody say and if i think there's some translations that says and when <laughs> and if he sins against you seven times in a day how many of y'all 
I don't have patience for one offense, but you're going to come at me seven times? It's what Jesus said to do. And if he comes against you seven times in a day and seven times in the same day, returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Another translation says, you must forgive him. I know, muddy water, but I'm coming in deeper. Here we go. Now, I love the response of the disciples because they hear what Jesus is saying. And, and when he's talking about, whenever you see me do that, so it's not an awkward silence and I don't feel weird about it. Somebody say, come on, Pastor B, give it to us. Come on, Pastor B, preach. Preach, white boy, do something. Because that isn't awkward and I got to do it. Okay. But, 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 I, but I love their response because when he's talking about, he's like, he's, they're like, they're like I, I get it. You're talking about forgiveness and offense. And their response in the Bible is this. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but Lord, increase my faith because I don't see it. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, you know, God, that person that, that ticks you off and, and gets you all jacked up, you got to remember that they were created by God. Those of you that are sitting next to your spouse and you kind of know what I'm talking about when I say they, they know what buttons to push, <laughs> he or she was still created by God. And he's telling you to forgive them. And my response to that is, God, I'm going to need you to, just like the disciples, God, I'm going to need you to give me a little faith. <laughs> I need some more faith because I just don't see it. Hello. Come on, somebody say, oh, me. I just don't see it. Like, this that's the ultimate prayer, pretty much for everything. When you're going through, God, give me more faith. You ever had bills on, on, your, on your table and you don't know how you're going to pay them? And God says, I'll provide your every need. Every need. I'm going to provide your every need. And some of you are like, I just don't see it. That's when you pray, God, give me some more faith. Give me more faith. If you're married, you need to be praying that prayer. Where are my married people at? If you're married, you need to be praying that same prayer as the disciples. Lord, give me more faith. While you're working around other people on your job, you should be praying, Lord, increase my faith. If you're at people around people at all, the mall, the school, inside the church, your prayer should be, Lord, increase my faith. Why? Because Jesus tells us offenses are going to happen. They're going to come. And what, and what we're saying is we choose to recognize this, that they're coming, and come to terms with it. That's really what I want you to understand. That's the groundwork. That I, before I even give you the message title, that's what, I want to lay that groundwork. Offenses are coming. Stop trying to avoid them. Stop running from them. They are coming. And it, maybe, it's just a, maybe it's just God allows things to happen so that it will put you in a place so that now that you can recall this message and say, God, increase my faith. Increase my faith. When, when troubles are coming, increase my faith. When he or she ticked you off, push your buttons, and all the hair on the back of your head, well, what I used to have, stand up before I shave. Those hairs that get you so riled up, God, increase my faith. I'm not talking to you today. I'm talking to me today. He is talking to me today. Hello. It just so happens I'm the mouthpiece. And I remember a story in the Bible where, where, where God used a jackass. Sorry if you got a young one in here. A donkey to get the word out. So what do you, Pastor B? I don't know. I'll let you fill in the blank. Offenses are going to come. 
And I love how the disciples, because of the prayer, it identifies to us that they recognize this issue was a faith issue. See, we never saw it that way before. This issue of offense and how do we deal with it, it's a, the reason we're not able to deal with it is because we haven't recognized that it's a faith issue. Hello and welcome to church. I want to give you the name of the title. The title of today's message is simply this, The Faith to Forgive. The Faith to Forgive. Say this with me. Say, Lord, increase my faith in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you an opening statement, and it's this. We all desire to be loved, and therefore, we all fear rejection. We desire to be loved. Therefore, we fear rejection. And since love is one of our greatest needs and rejection is one of our greatest fears, unforgiveness becomes one of our greatest temptations. Did you hear me? Love is our greatest need. Therefore, rejection is our greatest fear, which means unforgiveness becomes one of our greatest temptations. Remember what I told you a few weeks ago? Anything that the Bible tells you to do and you don't do, that is a sin. So for anybody who ever wants to say, does your pastor teach about sin? Yes, I am. This is sin. To not forgive is sin. Okay, here we go. Everybody say, this is us. This this, this us. This this real raw and ugly. This is the unedited version. So why is unforgiveness one of our greatest temptations? This is more of a teaching today. May step into preaching in a minute, but why is unforgiveness one of our greatest temptations? Because unforgiveness gives us a sense of control. When we choose to not forgive someone, we're saying, I've got something on them, they hurt me, but now emotionally I'm taking control. I lost control when they hurt me, and I'm going to take control back by holding something against them. And the truth is, when we don't forgive, we actually are giving up control. Some of you have probably already experienced this. I, like myself, have experienced it, yet I forgot. That's why we're talking about it today. I forgot how to manage this. So let me say this about forgiveness. You can't offer grace and still hold a grudge. That's not forgiveness. Did you hear me? You cannot extend grace and still hold that person that hurts you hostage. Some of y'all are still dealing with hurt from a long time ago. And you still have, and I'll address this in a minute, you still have this, this perception, this, this evil view, because it probably was evil. What took place was you had no control over And even today, 10 years, 15, 25 years later, you still have this view. Like if you even start thinking about it, that hair just, just, there's something just rises in you. Listen, you never have more authority in your life than when you forgive someone, release it, and let it go completely. When we refuse to release the hurt, we become the prisoner of a crime that we did not commit. When I refuse to forgive someone, I now become the prisoner of a crime that I did not commit. 
Let's look at what the writer in Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verse 14 says. This is in the ESV. ESV got this right on point. He says this, strive for peace. Everybody say peace. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness. <laughs> They're connected Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness for without which no one will see the Lord. Now, fire, uh, 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 them fire and brimstone teachers, preachers, the way I heard that translated so many times in my past was, if you don't forgive, you're going to hell because you won't see the Lord. But I want us to take a look at this. Watch me now. What it's saying is, I need to have peace in my relationships. See, there is no, there is no peace where there's unforgiveness. There's no peace. What's it saying? I need to have peace in my relationships and I need to have a sense of holiness in my relationships with others. Because if I don't, I won't see God. You know what that tells me? It tells me that having unforgiveness blurs my vision and my ability to see God clearly. Because if unforgiveness is going to send me to hell, I just don't believe that. If unforgiveness, if somebody goes, unforgiveness is going to send me to hell. No, no, no. But it, it, unforgiveness will cause me not to see God clearly. It won't allow me to see what God is, what God is capable of doing in this hurtful, devastating situation. Basically, what I'm saying is, I won't see what God, what God is doing, and I won't see God in you. Remember what I said just a moment ago? That the person that hurt you 25, 35 years ago, you already have, you have, you have this, that, that person may have already repented before God, is at a church somewhere else worshiping God, and you're viewing them as the devil in a human, so to speak. Why? Because unforgiveness will block, blur your vision, and it won't allow you to see God in them more clearly. See, God forgives us before we ever forgive that person. Well, that's God. <laughs> but he's telling us what to do. See, Jesus was the perfect example. He wasn't just God when he came from heaven to, to earth, when he stepped out of, time, out of eternity and into time. He was, still, he was still man in the flesh. So I have to strive to have peace with everyone and for holiness. They are connected. All right, Hebrews 12, 15. Let me just keep on moving. Let's keep reading. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Stop. See to it that you don't withhold the grace from God that was given to you and you withhold it from someone else. Some of the greatest work that God can do in our lives is the, is, is the restoration of a relationship that the enemy was trying to, re, to divide. God can still restore. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness. Everybody say bitterness. You ever tasted something bitter? Puts a foul taste in your mouth and an ugly expression on your face. Ooh, so does the root of bitterness. You ever seen somebody who's bitter? See that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, by it, by what? The root of bitterness. And by it, many will become defiled. Let me tell you something. This is contagious. 
You ever had somebody walk in the office? And you still got to work with them. You can't walk away by the end of the day. Y'all just. Why? Because there is a root of bitterness that is present. Bitterness doesn't look good on anybody. This is what you need to know. What, 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 what was that verse saying? It was saying this. Unforgiveness will lead to bigger issues because it becomes, because it now becomes a root issue. Bitterness becomes a root issue. What do we know about roots? Roots create fruit. That's a point. One of my points. Roots create fruit. Now, in the Greek language, the passage, this particular passage, bitter root is talking about, uh, when it says talking about bitter root, it's talking about creating bitter fruit. And this word bitter translates to mean poison. Anybody ever here just just taking poison because it was good? Just, just I was going to do, do it. No. But yet we'll dish it up and not realize that we're actually intaking it ourselves because we have bitterness and wonder where, where the attitude came from. Oh, I'm talking to moi today. <laughs> I'm 48, but I still got a lot of growing up to do, y'all. Anybody else? Please don't leave me up here standing by myself because the rest of y'all lying. I'm just saying. The devil is a lie. It's a poisonous root. Bitter is a poisonous root that creates poisonous fruit. So first it says, no one will see the Lord. Meaning bitterness and unforgiveness will always affect my vision. And then secondly it says, it will defile many. Meaning bitterness and unforgiveness will now affect every relationship that I'm in. I've watched this in my own life. I can be bitter at somebody else in town that, that did something to me. And it'll show up in my house. Because why? Because I've got now, because I have a root, now it's producing fruit because I've been around people or I'm listening to stuff that, you know, a, a root needs sunshine and needs rain and all. And we, we, when we're on Facebook and we see all that negativity, you know what you're doing? You're, cre you're, you're letting, so let the sun shine in. I can't even say today. You let the sun in, you're letting the rain in. Why? Because you're nurturing the root. Let, let me say this. If you've ever been married before and divorced and now you're remarried, oh, I know, I'm coming. Hold on. You have to forgive your former spouse. Let me say it again. If you've been married before, divorced, and now remarried, it doesn't matter if you've been remarried. If you're divorced, you need to forgive your ex. Why? Because you will take that to your next. And you will hold her or him, you will hold it against that new spouse because of something you didn't let go of. Sir, if you still have something against your mother, you need to forgive her. Why? Because you will take it out on your spouse, your, 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 um, your wife. Ma'am, if you came, if you have a daddy that didn't treat you right and you don't forgive your father, you must. Why? Because you will one day resent your husband. The scripture said it would defile many. That one offense that nobody else was involved in now becomes, now becomes, it defiles all the other relationships. Why? Because I chose. You know forgiveness is a choice. And it's a choice to not forgive. 
And because I choose not to, it defiles every other relationship. It totally jacks up and hijacks my attitude. How about you? It says it would defile many. Listen, see, the greatest lie of the devil about unforgiveness is this. This can be our little secret against that person. <laughs> you have the power over that person because they hurt you and you choose not to forgive and you want to dig it back when actually you're digging your own grave. Remember what I said? You can't extend grace and hold a grudge. That's not forgiveness. Here's the reality. The devil will never be satisfied with you just hating one person. You know, like, like God, like God, God, um, he's never satisfied with us just loving one person. You know how we say, well, I'll love you, but I don't, but I'm not loving nobody else. I'm not talking about in marriage. I'm just saying like, because the Bible says to love everybody. Well, I, I'll love my, I'll love my spouse, but I'm not loving anybody else. No, and, and then, and then Jesus, and then God says, no, 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 no. You're gonna, you're gonna love everybody. See, the devil just doesn't want you bitter with one person. He wants to create a root system that affects every relationship that you're involved in. He doesn't stop with the one. So let me break this down a little bit further. Y'all okay? Everybody, everybody comfortable today? All right, here we go. This word bitter literally means poisonous attitude or spirit. In other words, it's how you see everything and how you feel about everything. I mean... It could be sunny outside. You got a million dollars in your account. Your car's paid for. Your, your house is paid for. All your dogs, they stop pooping in the house. Everything could be hunky-dory for you. But because you have bitterness, I don't care. This feels good. Does it really? When we have a poisonous attitude or spirit, it, 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 it interjects in how we respond to everything. It's no secret. Pastor B can have some tendencies for anger when he's traveling down the road in a car. And so I tell those stories all the time. And somebody asked me the other day, they're like, how do you have road rage in Chiefland? I don't understand. And this is somebody who came from a bigger city. <laughs> Dude, it used to drive me nuts when I, I it happened this week. When I when I I went to Walmart and I tried to park away, and some person put that buggy that they had, which was just two I two slots down, was the buggy return, and they put that baby right up against my car. Why does that bother me so much? Because I got bitterness in there. No, I'm I'm, I'm being real. I, that was funny. But why does things, why can I go from zero to a hundred in a matter of moments? It's because I have a, I have a jaded view of what's really going on. Okay. So let's talk about what forgiveness is and what it's not. I'm almost done, y'all. What's forgiveness is? Forgiveness is letting go. Forgiveness is letting go. See, the moment that an offense happens, I can either grab it and hold it or I can let it go. It's my choice. Second thing forgiveness is, forgiveness means trusting God. It's trusting God is going to take care of it instead of me taking care of it. Because y'all know, some of y'all try to take care of it 
y'all going to be in jail. <laughs> that was supposed to be a joke, but um, it's actually true. And I think that's why nobody's laughing. No, if I do it, I'm going to mess up any, any, if I try to, if I try, I'm going to mess it all up. <laughs> and I don't need no jail time. Hello. I think I need to be here next Sunday. How about y'all? Release City Prison Ministry. What you think about that? <laughs> Where's our pastor? He's ministering in the prison. All right, forgiveness means choosing my future. Remember what I said, forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness means choosing my future. Listen, I can't do anything about the past. I can't do, I can't, but I, but I, and I can't do anything about the pain, but I can do something about what I do next. And what I do next dictates where I'll go next. Even for, even, because remember what I said, you may have been offended, but you've also, every single one of us in this room has offended somebody. Period. You don't have to admit it. You only have to argue with me. It is. What you do next after you offend somebody will determine where you land next. I already told God this was going to probably be one of the quietest responses to a message this room has ever experienced. Because this one's, this one's real. Listen, forgiveness has nothing to do with your past, but it has everything to do with your future. You can't change it, but you can change this. You can change where you're headed. All right. I didn't choose what happened, but I can choose what happens now. Okay. What forgiveness is not, forgiveness is not being a doormat. Forgiveness is not accepting repeated abuse. And for a long time, that message was to ladies. But in this day and age, I'm here to, to tell you that that message is also for men. Because there are some ladies that have put it on a brother. Forgiveness is not accepting repeated abuse. Yeah, but I, I need to stay with him because God wants me to forgive. No, you can forgive in another house and a restraining order. If there's no repentance, I'm not saying I'm sorry because what I did, it's, it's repenting. It's not, I'm, I gotta, I gotta apologize to clear my conscience. Repentance is saying, I'm sorry for what I did. It's a brokenness that says, I'm sorry for what I did because what I did does not reflect my character and the character of Christ in me. That's repentance. So, so, so if there's anybody listening on podcast or in this room that says, I don't know if I should stay with him or stay with her because of the, the, the physical abuse or the, or the emotional abuse or whatever. Listen, if there's repentance, God is the author of restoration. It's the enemy that is trying to cause division. There can be healing to a relationship if you will allow it both ways. 
And the, and, and then for those of us or you who have, who have been the offender, you gotta make it right with God and make it right with the person. And then you got, you, you can't allow the enemy to so embellish your mind that it's, it was too far. It was too much. And you're done. I'm talking to somebody in this room today. I'm talking to married couples in here that have been bickering all week about God knows what. When two people love each other and, and spend their lives serving one another, anything, there is nothing, excuse me, nothing that is beyond repair. It's not a doormat. It's not accepting repeated abuse. Forgiveness is not remaining around people who make you feel less than. Forgiveness is not staying around a friend group that you know that's gossiping about you. Forgiveness does not always lead to the restoration of relationships. That, that was not to contradict what I just said. That anything's beyond, nothing's beyond repair. But it's got to take two parties. It takes two to tango. Hey. It takes two to fight. And it takes two to make it right. Did you hear me? It takes two. Hey, baby. It takes two to tango. Barry White just entered the room right there. So. It takes two to tango. It takes two to fight. And it takes two to reconcile and make it right. Let me say this. There's a difference between somebody who apologizes and asks for forgiveness just to clear the air, who has, who, ha, who is not broken and has no repentance. That's how the relationship can be restored. It starts with repentance. All right, let's get ready to wrap this up. Somebody's like, uh, I thought he said like 15 minutes ago he was almost done. He just keeps adding stuff to my notes that ain't even there. Hello? Hello? And then he tells me to remove stuff that I don't need, that, that he gave me earlier in the week, that he's like, no, nope, that's not for now, but you, you can say this. Why is forgiveness so important? Here it is. I got two points, and we're done. Y'all ready to eat? Almost there. Forgiveness helps me to keep my eyes on Jesus. That's why forgiveness is important. And forgiveness only happens, this is 1A or 1B. Listen, forgiveness helps me to keep my eyes on Jesus, but I can only keep my eyes on Jesus when I'm forgiving. Why? Because unforgiveness clear, blurs my vision of him. Colossians 3.13 says this. May, oh, this, gosh, y'all, this one, this one, whoa. I need y'all to, to lean in on this. this mm -mm. It says this, make an allowance Everybody say allowance. Make an allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. This means get ready because sometimes people are going to be at fault against you and other times you're going to be at fault. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, 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 because it said, because it said, it said, uh, of anyone who offends you, remember the Lord, remember, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So what do we do? It said, make an allowance. Are you ready for this? 
Anybody know what an allowance is? I, I like, it, it means to prepare for it. Or here's a word you're all familiar with. I hope so. Budget. Budget. Make an allowance. Budget for it to happen. Why? All the way back to the beginning of the message. Why? Because it's going to happen. Make an allowance for the people in your life that you're in relationships. Make an allowance for it. I'm, I'm trying to help somebody in this room today. That means get ready. It's coming. Listen, I, let me say it this way. You can't go to Prime and Pearl Steakhouse in Celebration Point in Gainesville with $5 and expect to get something off the menu. Now, we we got to prepare for that. Hello. We got to prepare to drop some cash to eat what they have to offer. I, I'll say it this way. You can't go to Disney World. You can't go to Disney World with $25 and think you're going to have the most magical time on earth. What you got to do? Because my mamas and daddies have taken their kids. What you got to do? $2,500. Add some zeros and start saving two years in advance. And the church said, oh, me. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do? You prepare for it. That's what this is saying. Make an allowance for those that you are in relationship with. It's also important that you, that you, you have a choice of who's actually in relationship with you. Hello. That's your circle. You choose it. But the people that you're in relationship with, make an allowance. And then the second half of that verse, it says, And because of what Jesus did for me, I now do. I now give it away. The way to true forgiveness is remembering that God forgave you. And a lot of times the reason we don't, we have a hard time with that is because we don't really see ourselves clearly for really what we deserve. I can't forgive them of that. Please. You looked in the mirror. I'm, I'm talking to me today. I'm talking to me. Because outside of Christ... I'm ugly. I'm dark. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm dark. See, because where there is no light. See, it's all dark until the light shows up. It's darkness. Like this room, in, a, in, in, in and of its own, is dark until we come and turn the power on. You're dark if you're not focusing on Christ and inviting him into your relationships. So forgiveness helps me keep my eyes on Jesus, number two. Forgiveness shuts the door. Forgiveness shuts the door. Ephesians 4, 26 says this, In your anger. Anybody ever been angry before? This, this right here is going to set some people free too. I'm telling you, God gave me this word. In your anger, do not sin. Now, what the Apostle Paul was wanting us to see here is this. There is a difference between being angry and sinning. Everybody open your ears. Listen. It's okay to be angry. That's an emotion that God gave you. Did you hear me? So for the spouse that says, you're angry. Stop being angry. Hold on. Hold on. When you remove what God put in them, listen. When you try to stop then emotion that God put inside of them, it then, it then stays inside, and that's not healthy. Are you listening? Anger is not a sin. 
It says in your anger, if it was, then anger, then he would not say in your anger, don't sin. He would say, don't be angry because that's a sin. No, 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 no. It says in your anger, do not sin. The moment that anger passes over and becomes sin is when the anger leads. What's that look like? That's me walking back to my car at Walmart and seeing that person put that buggy up against my car and I drop all my stuff and I lose my mind on them right in the middle of the parking lot. That's how I let anger lead me. Did you track? Anger is not a sin. It becomes sin when anger leads you. Every man in this room struggles with anger. I'm going to pick on the men as we ramp up for Father's Day. Y'all did hear we're having Krispy Kreme donuts, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the men said, It's cool when you got a pastor that likes Krispy Kreme donuts. I'm just saying. They're like, what you want to do? <laughs> you need to ask me what we need to do. Every man in this room struggles with anger. Because you don't come to church to get soft. Hello. Anger is an emotion that God put inside of you. But in your anger, do not sin. I'm going to say it this way. Don't weaponize your anger against others. Don't weaponize. That's a word we've been hearing a lot lately, huh? Don't weaponize your anger against others. Ephesians 4.26 Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. How many married persons have ever heard that verse? Early on in our marriage... <laughs> That's <laughs> only one of the main verses I remember dad would quote all the time. And, and, and we would, you know, we would get, I know y'all think we, we, we like perfect Pinterest marriage and all that stuff. And, and hot news flash, I told you I'm dark. <laughs> and I remember early on, I'd be like, hey, we got to make this right because we can't go to bed. We can't go to sleep. We can't go to sleep without anger. We're going to go to hell. Anybody ever heard that? If I die, I might go to hell because I'm, I'm not going to make this right. No, 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 no. You need to cool off. When she says, just give me time, I've learned after 21 years of marriage, find the clock, back away, sit down, and give her space. And all the men said, why is that important? It's more important because I know me. I've seen me up close and personal. When I didn't give space, anybody else? I found my space. It's called the doghouse, a.k.a. couch, three rooms across the house. What does that mean? It means that you have a mindset that I'm not going to stay in this anger moment, that we both agree this is not where we want to be. That may mean that you reach over there even though you don't want to. you mad at her. He, she's mad at you. And you say, well, let's pray. I, I, I always saw that as we get down by the bed Oh, God. No, she ain't interested in it, and I'm not. But, but, but what changes that anger from leading us the next day is when we say, God, you know we're mad. You know I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm mad. Help us to get our minds focused back on you. Because this is not where we want to be. It's not where we want to stay, and we're moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. She rolls over, half a butt cheek off and in a king, California king bed. And I got one butt. Why is that? 
Because we got, because what, uh, 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 oh, I, I, I got to be careful. Here we go. I'll tell you why it is. And this is why we don't do that. Listen, this is why we don't do that. Because Ephesians 4.27 says, and do not give the devil a foothold. Everybody say foothold. Foothold means, listen, write this down, because I don't think it's on the screen. Foothold means a dedicated space, place, and opportunity. That's what giving the devil a foothold is I'm giving him a space, place, and opportunity. Because either one of us, on one of our bad days, we can call an attorney just like you. Hello. But we made it, we made it, we made a pact a long time ago because we've both already been down that road. That divorce is not an option. Matter of fact, there is no other option. Don't give him a foothold. Listen, when anger rules my heart, I give the devil a dedicated space, place, and opportunity in my life. I heard a preacher say it this way. When you go to bed with unforgiveness, you're being counseled by the devil in your sleep. That'll preach. It wasn't mine. It was someone else's. When you go to bed without, without forgiving, you're giving a space, place, and opportunity for the enemy. Huh? Why? Because I've given him an a space, place, an opportunity to slander her. I now see her, now I see Amy, not through the eyes of Jesus, and not through grace and forgiveness, and not through my own love for her, but now through the hate that the enemy has for her. That's what unforgiveness does. Remember what I said? It blurs your vision. So, so, so the enemy puts in another, another picture frame for you to see the person who offended you, and, and I'll just use she and I as an example. He will use her, I mean, he will use our situation for me to see her through his hatred. What happened? I gave the enemy of my wife a voice in my heart. Y'all know how we do? When we don't, we don't, we don't forgive and we, we bitter. I see, I don't see her as the, as the 20, whatever year old, when we got married. I'm not real good on math on the fly. I don't see her that way as we were at the altar. I see her through disgust. And I see her all the ways that the enemy is trying to, she doesn't love you. And then all my hatred and that root of bitterness produces more fruit. I am preaching from my gut this morning. Last thought. I, if I remain offended with one person, I will eventually be offended with all people. In closing, and I'll give you the last and final point. Forgiveness sets me free. Forgiveness sets me free. Because forgiveness may not change them. Forgiveness may not change my situation, but it will always, it will always change me. Forgiveness may not change them. Forgiveness may not change the situation, but forgiveness 
changes me. I'm not going to take the time to read it. Write this verse, these verses down. It's Luke 26, verses 27 through 36. This is, where, this is where these last three nuggets come from. How do I forgive? Luke 6, verses 26 through 36. How do I forgive? Pray for your enemies. That offense cannot last while you're praying for them. Bless those who curse you. Don't pray one thing and say another. And lastly, treat others how you want to be treated. Remember that one day, you too will need forgiveness. When you follow that formula, pray for them, bless them, and treat them the way you would want to be treated if the roles were reversed. When you follow this formula, forgiveness will start to flow. Amen. That message took on a whole, whole different dynamic than when I originally started putting it together. If you're here today and you say, I hear you, I've been hurt, I hear you, but I'm going to need a little bit more faith. The disciples said it. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you're less of a Christian. That just means you need to clean the lenses a little bit. Anybody here says, I just need some, I need some faith. I, I, need a little, I need a little more faith. Me too. Me too. So God, right now, with our hands lifted high. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you, and until next time, the best is yet to come.